What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Giandoletti, and today we're actually able to get to one of the topics I wanted to talk about last episode on the podcast. However, we needed to address the Xavier Howard situation, which now that case has been closed. Uh, nothing happened with Xavier Howard, thank God. However, the impact probably is still there because he was involved in another investigation. He wasn't reportedly there. He wasn't a suspect. However, who you hang around matters, okay? And it will have an impact. I'm sure the Dolphins, if they want to negotiate with him, will look at it and say, you know, you were involved in another allegation, uh, whether it, you know you did it or not, because it's not that he was a suspect, but whether you were there or not, you were involved in something like that. And between that and the injury in your age, they might use that against him to try to lower the price of how much they want to offer him. Not even to mention the trade talks. We, we, we talked about all of this last episode. Um, another thing that happened since then, uh, for oh, first off, happy birthday, Brian Flores. Happy birthday, Brian Flores. Today is the birthday of the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Flores. Uh, and if and if you're listening to this today, not Brian Flores. If he was listening to this, I'd have questions. But if you're listening to this, man, give Brian Flores a huge shout out. Huge happy birthday. Um, amazing coach. Excited for the future with him. But news uh, came out. I don't know if it's true. It's draft rumor season, so you know everyone's going to have something to say. Not only draft rumor season, it's free agency rumor season. Uh, apparently, the Dolphins and Aaron Jones have mutual interest. Um, and I want to address this real quick before we get into today's video. Um, I do not want Aaron Jones. I'm just going to say I'm not going to try to beat around the bush. I don't want Aaron Jones. Do I think Aaron Jones is a great football player? 100% undoubtedly yes. Do I believe that Aaron Jones, a lot of his success came from the fact that his offensive line is top three in the NFL and his quarterback was Aaron Rodgers? Yes, I 100% believe that. Do I believe the Dolphins would be a better team with Aaron Jones on it? Yes, I do believe that. Do I believe it's smart for the Dolphins to spend $12 million plus on a running back in the offseason when you have four picks in the top 50 to address running back, whether it's ETN, Najee Harris, or Javante Williams, yes, I think it would be very stupid to pay a running back when you could get one of those three playmakers. Most people want Najee Harris. I'd be fine with Javante Williams or Travis Etienne as well. Um, but point is, if you can get a running back, if you have that many picks where you can get a running back, I would not, if I were the Miami Dolphins, go out and get Aaron Jones. Again, that has nothing to do with how I view him as a player, but in in in, in this situation with the Dolphins where you have two first round picks, two second round picks, you could easily, easily use the 18th pick to either trade back and get a running back or take best available running back at 18 or best available running back at 36. There's no need for us to go out and try to spend more money on free agent running backs. We did that last season. Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, both failed. So for me, I'm, I'm going to pass on Aaron Jones. I'm going to save that $12 million and instead of spending it on him, I'm going to spend about $2 million on the best running back in the draft, whoever you may view it as, Harris, Etienne, or Williams. That's my thought on it. Just wanted to get that out of the way. Now, what I wanted to focus on on today's podcast is I wanted to talk about my favorite players 
in the upcoming NFL draft. We have free agency coming up, but I already talked about free agency. And as free agency gets closer, more news comes out. I will definitely, definitely be focusing heavily on free agency, not just on the draft. However, I do want to talk about my favorite players in the 2021 NFL draft. Now, side note, before we even start, I do not have the top three wide receivers or the top three running backs in this list. Does that mean I do not like them? No, it doesn't. I I do like them. I did not want to put them in here because if I leave out even one of them, I know I'm going to get slammed from someone saying, how come you didn't put in, you know, Chase or Waddle or Smith or Harris or Etienne or Williams? Why didn't you put one of them in and you put this guy in? Not dealing with that. I like all three wide receivers. I like all three running backs. I'll leave it at that. But without further ado, let's get into my favorite players in the 2021 NFL draft. We're going to go by round, okay? So first, we're going to start, obviously, in the first round. Here are the two players that I love in the first round. First one, no surprise, we've talked about him all the time on this podcast, so has everyone else, Penny Sewell. Um, Penny Sewell is a junior. Well, he would have finished his junior year. He would be a senior now. But Penny Sewell is one of the best offensive tackles we've seen come out of the draft in a long time. If he were to have come out last year, he would have been the best offensive lineman in that draft, which was a a, a loaded, star-studded offensive line class. Offensive tackle class, I should say. Penny Sewell, his sophomore year, came second in Heisman voting. That should tell you all you need to know about Penny Sewell. It is hard enough for a wide receiver like Devontae Smith or a running back to get a Heisman, let alone an offensive tackle where there's literally no stat aside from sacks allowed, pressures allowed. He came second in Heisman voting. He would be my, my, I would be absolutely in love if the Dolphins drafted him at three. There's only one player, again, I will say this, there's one player I would not want to trade back if we had him, and that is Penny Sewell. Any other player, I believe you can get if you trade back. I'll just leave that there. Penny Sewell's my first player. Second player, this is a guy who um, I was watching a Texas game. I was watching a Texas game. Uh, it was, it was. I think they played OSU. And I kept seeing this guy. I was like, number 46 on the defense. Every single snap, he is all over the ball. I was watching him like crazy. Every single snap he was in there, I was like, let me see if this guy makes a play. And he either disrupted a play, caught, had a sack, a tackle for loss, or the more impressive thing, if the play was happening on the opposite side of the field of where he was, he was running full speed to try to get to the ball. I love that high energy. And so I looked up this guy. I was like, who is number 46 for Texas? And Joseph Asai came up. Now, people now, you know, in February, almost March of 2021, we know who Joseph Asai is. At the time when I noticed Joseph Asai, I remember I went on the draft network and I looked like on the big board where he was ranked. And I said on the podcast, I I forget exactly what episode it was, but I was like, Joseph Asai is someone we could get in the late second, early third round because that's where they had him ranked. Now he is a late first round pick, probably between 20 and 32 late first round pick. And he is a guy that from the moment I watched him, I was like, that right there is what Brian Flores wants. 
If you don't know anything about Joseph Asai, go look him up. Go watch tape on him. He is a stud. Uh, my comp to him, and literally this is a direct comp because of size and everything, is TJ Watt. Now, Joseph Asai, when you watch him play, he kind of looks like a Emmanuel Ogba. Emmanuel Ogba is 6'4", 275, okay? Emmanuel Ogba could play defensive tackle. He'd be a small defensive tackle, but he is a large human being. Joseph Asai and TJ Watt are both 6'4", 253. They are the same height, the same weight. And they have the same type of athleticism to where they are predominantly edge rushers, but they have that outside linebacker athleticism to where you can drop them back in zone, in coverage, and they'll do just fine. And that's something that you shouldn't be surprised that the Dolphins want to eventually evolve into, seeing that Andrew Van Ginkle last year was taking over Shaq Lawson's reps because Andrew Van Ginkle was getting just as consistent pass rushing ability, but he was able to drop back in coverage when need be. And let's not also forget Emmanuel Ogba is in the last year of his contract. And so if after next year, the Dolphins are like, look, we don't want to pay you because, you know, you're asking for more than we want and we just want to go in a different direction, which I wouldn't be upset about. That's why you draft Joseph Asai, because he could easily replace Emmanuel Ogba, if not be better, because Joseph Asai's ceiling is much higher than Emmanuel Ogba's. Joseph Asai is more athletic. Joseph Asai is faster, and I believe Joseph Asai has a better skill set that fits the Dolphins uh, as far as a versatility standpoint, okay? So he is a guy you could get in the first round uh, where I would be absolutely in love if we took him. But regardless, this is just so my favorite players. It doesn't necessarily be need to be someone we take, although I'd be happy with any of these guys if we took them. But like in general, just these are my favorite players in the draft, Okay. Now let's go to the second round. There's going to be a lot of familiar names in here. First guy, Landon Dickerson. He is a interior offensive lineman. I'll put it at that for uh, Alabama. Everyone should know about him. The dude is absolutely huge. Okay. Ted Karras, who's our current center, is 6'4", 305. Landon Dickerson is 6'6", 325. So he's two inches taller, 20 pounds heavier. Landon Dickerson has insane athletic ability. Um, he is probably one of the best athletes at offensive line in this class, aside from Penny Sewell. I'm just talking about just athleticism at the offensive line. He Not only is he great with his athleticism, his leadership, his personality, and also, let's not forget, played with Tua, for all those reasons, he would be a no-brainer for me in the second round with our first pick. Now, the chances of him falling to 50 are very slim. Uh, he did have some injury, which could cause concern. If the Dolphins decided, hey, we're going to take a chance and not take him at 36 and wait till 50, if he's there at 50, you 100% cash that in. Because Landon Dickerson's upside, whether he plays at guard he could play left guard, right guard, or center, is better than anything you have right now in the interior offensive line. Whatever position he decided to take over, center, left guard, off, right guard, is better than what we have now. Far better than what we have now. And I believe he is the best center in the class. Now, keeping on the topic of centers, 
Next guy I want to talk about is a guy that we were all very familiar with if you watch the Senior Bowl, Quinn Mainers. He is from Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, He's projected to be a second or third round pick. He's a guy where he would easily, he'll most likely be there at 50. The chances of him being there in the third round are, eh, I, I don't feel too confident about it. But he's a guy to where if you don't want to take Landon Dickerson, and you want to take a chance that Landon Dickerson will be there at 50, and he goes off the board before 50, Quinn Mainers should be there, and I would be ecstatic if we got Quinn Mainers. And rumor has it that the Dolphins staff loves him from their time with him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Landon Dickerson is bigger than Quinn Mainers. Quinn Mainers is only 6'3", 320, so he's about 15 pounds heavier than Ted Karras, but he's uh, an inch shorter. But he has that same type of build. He's not the biggest center in the world. But I, at the end of the day, film does not lie. I saw him manhandling people at at Mobile for the Senior Bowl. I saw him literally just manhandling grown men. And that is what I want on the Dolphins' offensive line. I want people who manhandle at the line of scrimmage. I'm tired of this, uh, let's just play like average, slightly below average, maybe slightly above. No, I want people to absolutely dominate you on the offensive line. That's my my mindset. So Quinn Mainers and Landon Dickerson are both phenomenal options, in my opinion, at center. Staying in the second round, we have two wide receivers that I've fallen in love with. One of which I fell in love with at the at uh, the Senior Bowl. The other of which I actually um, I w- I've, I've been watching a lot of film recently, and he's a guy I came across. Uh, let's talk about him first. Elijah Moore, if you, here's the thing, if you have not seen tape on Elijah Moore, which I hadn't, okay, I'm not going to sit here and act like I've been, you know, hyping his bandwagon for months, I haven't, I found out about him about a week ago, when I turned on the tape, and when I watched him, I, I he was practicing, he was practicing running routes, and he was just like embarrassing human beings that were trying to cover him, Elijah Moore is probably, I might get in trouble for saying this, one of the most explosive, dynamic wide receivers, I think, in the draft. I watch this guy play. And again, film does not lie. At the end of the day, film does not lie. Elijah Moore plays for Ole Miss. It's not like he's playing for Alabama, where he's always going to be open. This guy was making people look silly on the field. Again, if you have not watched his film, just type in Elijah Moore on YouTube. And he's a guy right now that I think TDN has him ranked at like 88. So he would easily be there in the third round. Would I be upset if the Dolphins took a wide receiver in the first round and then waited till the third round and took Elijah Moore? Not at all. Not even kind of would I be upset. He is a guy that if we took in the third round with the, I I feel like we have the 80th pick, I think. If we took him in the third round, it is a steal. Because this guy, his upside is insane. And he'd be a type of guy like a Jarvis Landry where you don't really hear about him. And then we take him. And then after a year, you're like, oh, this guy's just a playmaker. He's able to make guys miss and make them look silly on the field. That's how Jarvis Landry was. He got overshadowed by Odell Beckham Jr. because they came out at the same time. But Jarvis Landry was just as good. If not, he's actually been better over his career than Odell Beckham Jr. Elijah Moore is a guy where if you want that same speed and playmaking ability of 
uh, Kadarius Tony, not Jalen Waddle, but similar to Jalen Waddle, a Dwayne Eskridge, Elijah Moore. Man, uh, again, just go look at him up. Go look him up. That's all I'm gonna say. The other wide receivers, Dwayne Eskridge. I don't feel like I need to talk about him much. Wide receiver out of Western Michigan. Uh, I didn't really know much about him. He's from a small school, very very small school. But when he went to the Senior Bowl, just like Quinn Mayners, he may have been from a small school, but he was making grown men on the opposite side look silly. And he is a guy that I feel like once polished could be a dynamic player, not just for the Dolphins, but for whatever team he went on. You give him time to develop, he will, his speed is unteachable. And it's not that Jakeem Grant speed where he doesn't know how to be a wide receiver. It's that speed where he's fast, but he knows how to utilize his speed. And that's one thing that Adam Gase, while I disagreed with basically everything that man ever said, one thing Adam Gase did say about Jakeem Grant, which we're kind of seeing now, is he needs to figure out how to use his speed. Because as a wide receiver, it's not just about how fast you can run, it's how can I basically go from 0 to 100 at the blink of an eye. Because that's the thing about a wide receiver. If they're able to run kind of slow and then all of a sudden just turn on the Jets, the cornerback has no chance because the cornerback doesn't know your route. And so if you're able to run a slant route, and as soon as you plant that foot in and turn the corner and run that slant route, if you're able to accelerate really quickly, that's what's going to make you a good wide receiver. And that's something that Jakeem Grant struggles with is he's fast, but he doesn't know how to use his speed to confuse the defender and how to help him win those routes. Dwayne Eskridge is not that. Dwayne Eskridge knows how to utilize his speed. And if he's there at 50, which again, the way he performed at the combine or the combine, the senior bowl, wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't there at 50. But if he's there at 50, I would be ecstatic if the Dolphins took him. But again, if we don't take him at 50, I'm fine with taking Elijah Moore in the third round. Absolutely fine with that. Now moving on to the fourth round. Someone I'd be happy with in the fourth round is a guy, again, at the Senior Bowl. Uh, A lot of these people are from the Senior Bowl, to be honest, uh, that I've mentioned on here. Because at the end of the day, it's a reality that the Dolphins might take a lot of people from the Senior Bowl since that's really their only chance to look at players. Um, This guy is Ellerson Smith. Now, Ellerson Smith, uh, he's from Northern Iowa. His big knock coming out of college is his size. People have wondered if he was able to consistently win uh, based off of the size and strength he had in the NFL, and he put on weight in a good way. He put on muscle. He looked a lot bigger at the Senior Bowl. People talked about it, and he's a guy where, similar to Joseph Asai, every time there was a play in the Senior Bowl in the actual game, Ellerson Smith was like making a play, and I was like, I don't know who that guy is right there, but he's good. Again, I know he's probably not the biggest flashy name, but when when the tape is being played, he pops out, and the tape does not lie. And he is a guy where if you can get him in the fourth round as one of those, you know, third-day steals, I'd be insanely happy with it. Now, the next guy we're going to talk about, there's two more people. This guy right here is perhaps one of my favorite players in the draft. Okay, out of all these guys, aside from, you know, I would say in in ranking, it's probably Penesul, Landon Dickerson, 
Elijah Moore, and then this guy. I mean, he's up there. Demar Hamlin, Demar Hamlin from Pitt. Uh, he's probably at the earliest uh, fourth round pick, most likely a fifth or a sixth. The thing about Demar Hamlin, which they talked about so much in the Senior Bowl, the kid in between the ears is next level. It's more so the physical traits that need to be fine-tuned and work on. But when I watch Demar Hamlin, I see a lesser version of a Minka Fitzpatrick. Not that he can't get there, but I'm talking about just physically gifted. He is that Minka Fitzpatrick type player. Where when you watch him, he's not the biggest guy. He's probably not the hardest hitter. Although he had some hard hits if you go watch film and highlights of him. But he is an intelligent, intelligent player. And Brian Flores loves those type of guys. I mean, any coach would. But Brian Flores loves those players that he can fine tune. But that have it in between the ears. Okay. DeMar Hamlin is a guy. If we take him. Not only... Could he play any role on the safety? He can also play nickel corner. He has good coverage skills. And speaking of coverage skills, there is a position on our defense where a safety covers Eric Rowe. And if Eric Rowe is someone you want to move off of after next season, DeMar Hamlin and Brandon Jones could be the future at the safety position. DeMar Hamlin could be that guy who covers tight ends. And Brandon Jones could be that, you know, roaming free safety like a Bobby McCain. Wouldn't be upset with those picks, that pick at all. And he's a guy, again, fifth, sixth round, you could easily take him. Easily. And I think the Dolphins have a very good chance of taking him because they worked with him at the Senior Bowl. And they have the ammunition where if they want to move up or move back to take him, they could. Last guy on here. A guy that might not even be drafted, but I would not be upset again at all if the Dolphins decide to take him in the seventh round. TJ Vasher out of Texas. This dude, uh, if you, again, if you have never watched this guy, go uh, look at his highlights. Go look at the film. He had the best catch I've ever seen a wide receiver make. It, It was just as good, if not better, as Odell Beckham Jr.'s catch that made him famous. Uh, this guy in comparison to Devonte Parker is three inches bigger and the same weight. Okay. Three inches taller. TJ Vasher is six, six two fifteen. Now he went to Texas tech. So he didn't go to like this big program. That's going to be able to help him put on the right weight of like an actual NFL wide receiver. But he's a guy that has the exact same skill set as a Devontae Parker, but is much quicker and is much more explosive. And you can get him in the seventh round, if not as an undrafted free agent. Again, TJ Vasher, Texas Tech, you could easily wait till the sixth or seventh round, most likely the seventh round, or just get him because he might not even get drafted. Right now on TDN's like power rankings, he's like 325, which is kind of crazy to me. But he's a guy where you could easily take him and groom him behind Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. And if he's able to stay healthy, has an upside way higher of Preston Williams or Devontae Parker. I'm not I'm not even joking. Just go watch TJ Vasher. It's as simple as that. Just type in all these guys. Uh, type in all these guys on YouTube. 
and you will find amazing film of all of them. Guys that when the, when, when the lights are on, they do not disappoint. So those are my favorite players in the 2020 NFL draft. I'm sure there are going to be players I left out that, that you like, and that doesn't mean that I, they're not good. It's just, I can't talk about draft players for, you know, two hours. I just had to pick the guys that I really, really like. And those are them. I tried to spread them out between the first and the seventh round. Now, the last thing I wanted to get to, we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson again, because yesterday, or actually, I believe it was two days ago, Deshaun Watson, a close source to Deshaun Watson, came out and said the three teams that Deshaun Watson would be okay going to are the Panthers, the Jets, and the Dolphins. Now, that is crazy because, again, are there other teams he would probably go to or he might go to? Of course there are. But I wanted to first rank those three options from, if I were Deshaun Watson, again, not as a Dolphins fan, if I were Deshaun, these are the top three teams I'd want to go to in order. First would be Carolina, not the Dolphins, because Carolina has is, is, is showing the most interest in you. You played college football near where Carolina is. And on top of that, that's where your home is. So you're going home. You're going where your college is. You know the area. You know the people. North Carolina is a beautiful place to live in. And on top of it, they have a young team to where they can still pay him. And then they can start building their team up regardless of, you know, how much they're having to give up to get him. For me, that's where I'd want to go the most. On top of it, not even to mention the draft capital that wouldn't be an issue or cap space. If I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm trying to get out of the AFC. Okay, you're about to be in a division with Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, and if Tua becomes a good quarterback like I think he's going to, Tua Tungavailoa. If I'm him, I'm trying to get out of the AFC because what's le- what's waiting for me in the NFC? The NFC least. Uh, I understand the NFC West has some good talent. Obviously, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, uh, now the Rams with that team. But still, look at the quarterbacks. The best quarterbacks in the NFC are who? Russell Wilson, um, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Drew Brees is going to retire. Aaron Rodgers is getting older. Tom Brady is getting older and probably should retire after this next year if he does really well. I would have retired this year, but whatever. Uh, If I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm trying to go to the NFC because the AFC is already stacked. Let me go to the NFC, not to mention who's in the NFC South. Again, who's in the NFC South? So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah, that's going to be a hard team. They won the Super Bowl. The Falcons, the Saints without Drew Brees, that's who's in your division. So yeah, there's the Buccaneers, but I would much, much, much rather be in the NFC because I feel like you have a much better chance because in the NFC, who are the real teams that have a legitimate chance? The Packers, the Bucks, the Seahawks, and the Rams, four teams. In the AFC, you have the Chiefs, the Bills, once... Justin Herbert and them get more talent. The Chargers, the Dolphins are coming up. You have, um, who else? I'm, I'm missing someone. Uh, 
let's see, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Chargers, uh, the Ravens, the Titans are always going to be a problem. You have the Steelers if they decide to eventually get better at quarterback because they have an amazing team. Point is, you have a much better shot of having success in the NFC than you do the AFC. That's just my personal thought. The second team I'd want to go to is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the reason for that is simple. They have a lot of draft capital to get to trade for me, and they're not a horrible team like the Jets to where if they get rid of a lot of stuff, they will suck. They went 10-6 and six last year. I would want to go there. It's in Miami. They have a great run organization, a great coach, a great GM. I like the culture. I like the message that they try to give to their players and to people with a, you know African-American head coach and uh, and general manager. And on top of it, again, they went 10-6 and six last year. So if they give up talent to get me, I know that with the limited draft capital that they do have, they could make it work and I could take them to the next level. The, the downside of it, we still have a lot of work on our team. Offensively, we're not that good. Uh, defensively, yes, we're a lot better, but that really doesn't impact him that much, aside from how many points you'll have to score a game. But we don't have that much talent on offense. Uh, our offensive line is still not amazing. Running backs, we have very little talent. Uh, so that is the downside. Um, and also, you're still staying in the AFC East, which for all the reasons I just mentioned he would not he should not want to do he should try to want to get out of the AFC my last option would be the jets and this has nothing to do with me being a dolphins fan cuz i've actually said on the podcast the thing you should be more worried about as a dolphin fan would be the jets taking a quarterback at 3 and using all the draft capital that they have for the next 2 years and building their franchise the right way as a dolphin fan that's what you should be worried about because that's what the Dolphins did and it worked. And I believe they have a decent general manager and they have a good young coach in Robert Sala. I don't care about Deshaun Watson going to the Jets because at the end of the day, one, the Dolphins would be able to beat Deshaun Watson on the Jets. Deshaun Watson, remember, even though he had a he is a top five, in my opinion, top three quarterback, on the Houston Texans, he went four and twelve. If he went to the Jets and they gave up all that draft capital, even the limited, even the money they had to spend in free agency wouldn't be enough. I believe the Dolphins could beat the Jets two times a year with Deshaun Watson on them. Now, yeah, if Deshaun Watson went to the Jets and they were a much better team, you know, yeah, I'd be worried. If Deshaun Watson right now went to the Bills, I'd be worried. But he's going to the Jets. I'm saying I would have the Jets at three if I'm Deshaun Watson. Again, this isn't me as a Dolphins fan. If I'm Deshaun Watson, why do I want to go to the Jets? Because it's in New York? What does that have to do with anything? Tom Brady was in Boston. He was still very successful. Aaron Rodgers was in Wisconsin. Successful. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City. The highest paid player in sports history. Playing in the media capital of the United States doesn't mean you're going to be successful. In fact, based off the Giants and the Jets history, it kind of almost means the opposite. Uh, I wouldn't want to go there. They would have to give up a lot to get me. And on top of it, they're not a team like the Dolphins where they have, you know, already a very good team. They have a 10 and 16. There's just a couple pieces missing, specifically wide receiver and offensive line. The Jets, by giving up a lot of trade or draft capital and a lot of players to get him, which we'll get to in a second, they wouldn't be that good of a team. 
And so, yes, he probably would be okay with a trade there. But if I were Deshaun Watson, I would not want to go there. That would be the least out of the three. And I could give you three other teams that I'd rather go to aside from the Jets. I'd rather go to the 49ers. I'd rather go to, um, <laughs> to be honest with you guys, any team. There, there's only like two teams I would rather go to, or, or I'd pick the Jets over them. And that's the Detroit Lions and the Philadelphia Eagles. Aside from that, the Jets are like the bottom of the list for me, personally. So those are my thoughts on that. But if the Dolphins decided to get Deshaun Watson, because it's rumored they will be involved if the Texans decide to trade him. This is what you're going to have to give up. It's rumored, we talked about this, that the Carolina Panthers are giving up, are wanting to give up three first in Christian McCaffrey. So that's the baseline. For me, players, if you look at big time trades, it's not just draft capital, it's players. So for me, these are the players that the Dolphins would have to get rid of for Deshaun Watson. Tua, obviously. Xavier Howard. And they need a young player who they don't have to pay right away. Because X you're going to have to pay right away. And Tua, eventually, you'll have to pay a lot. For me, it's Christian Wilkins. He is a upcoming defensive tackle in the NFL. He's young. He's a first-round pick. He's a good player. You trade those three players... And you'll probably have to trade two first-round picks and two second-round picks. A first-round pick and a second-round pick in this year's draft and next year's draft. That would be, for me, if the Dolphins try to trade for Deshaun Watson, that would probably be what they would have to give up. Personally. Now, I've talked many times about it. If Deshaun Watson wasn't commanding so much money, because that's a guarantee you're going to have to pay him $42 million next year, I would want to trade for Deshaun Watson without a doubt. Because so many people focused on how much trade asset you're going to have to give up. I don't care about draft capital. I don't. Because here's the thing. If the Texans decide to play hardball with Deshaun Watson and they don't trade him before the draft, which they need to do if they are going to trade him, the Dolphins could essentially go this whole entire draft without giving up anything. We could get the best wide receiver, the best running back, a phenomenal offensive lineman, a linebacker. We could get a bunch of picks and then come June or July, when Deshaun Watson starts sitting out of camp, they could be like, hey, trade him to us. We'll give you all those picks. We'll give you Tua Wilkins X, a first round pick this year and next year and a second this year, next year. And it won't affect this draft at all. So I don't care about draft capital. In fact, The Dolphins really have no use with first-round picks. Aside from Christian Wilkins, most of our good players that have been promising so far, aside from Tua, have been in the second round plus, not in the first round. Christian Wilkins, and then this past year, Austin Jackson, he's going to be good, but I have questions about him. And then Noah Igbenogany, while I think he's going to be good, again, questions about him. You look at second and third and fourth round picks where the Dolphins have had so much success. Those at the end of the day, as long as you don't give up those, you can give up five first round picks. I'd be fine with it because as long as the Dolphins have those second and third day picks, I'm fine with it. It's the cap space. Okay. If you trade to a Wilkins and X to the Houston Texans, you would give up. uh, If you trade Xavier Howard uh, after June 1st, or let's just say they trade him before the draft. You're going to give up 9.3. You're going to save 9.3. But if you trade Tua and Christian Wilkins, 
you're losing about a little over $8 million. So you're actually losing about like a half a million dollars by getting rid of those players and getting Deshaun Watson. Then there's the $15 million cap hit this year, which puts you at about, what would it be? It would put you at $6 million. Then the rookies would cost about $8 million because you'd give up a lot of draft capital. So that's negative $2 million. And then you'd have to cut a lot of people on top of that. That's why I don't want to get Deshaun Watson. It has nothing to do with how good he is or the draft capital. I could care less about the draft capital. I've seen teams not even have first-round picks like the Rams, and they're consistently good. It doesn't matter about the first-round picks. If the Dolphins said, we'll give you Tua Wilkins and X, and we'll give you a first-round pick in the next four years, for the next four years, the Dolphins, had it not been for Deshaun's contract, would have won that trade. But it's the cap space that I just don't want the Dolphins to be in a situation where we aren't able to build our team the proper way, which we still need to do because our quarterback is making so much money. The reason why this rebuild is going to be able to work is because you're paying Tua $8 million, a little less than $8 million a year. So you're able to build up the team around him and hope that in the next three to four years, you guys win a Super Bowl. That's what all teams do. That's what the Bills are trying to do right now. Once they pay Josh Allen, their team's not going to be as good. The Kansas City Chiefs, the same thing. They pay Patrick Mahomes, and they better hope that this year they win the Super Bowl. Because if they don't, they're going to have to do a lot of cuts between Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, uh, Tyreek Hill. They're going to have to get rid of a lot of people. So if you get Deshaun Watson, yes, you you fast forward and you fast track your chances of winning a Super Bowl, but you also shorten your Super Bowl window. And again, that's a risk that if the Dolphins want to take, I'd understand, but just me personally, I wouldn't. So I wanted to talk about that because it is becoming more realistic that the Dolphins could get Watson because apparently they are interested if the Texans want to trade him um, and we are a top three uh, candidate in the, in the running Carolina dolphins jets. Now, if we do trade for him, I hope the Houston Texans are stupid and wait till after the draft, because I would be much happier again. Not, I, I know I sound like a hypocrite cause I just said, I don't care about draft capital, but I would feel better if we got a bunch of young players in this draft And then we got to Sean Watson because then I would be okay with us cutting players in the next coming years because we just had a plethora of draft picks this year. We could trade back with the Carolina Panthers, get more draft picks for the future. And in the, in the second, third and fourth round, we wouldn't have to give those up and we could get to Sean Watson and still have a lot of talent. I'd be okay with that a little more, but still at the end of the day, I just think it's smarter to build around Tua and get as much talent around him and just go for it. That's personally my belief. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of the podcast. We covered a lot, but I hope that, you know, you enjoyed something that I talked about. (laughs) So I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Stay safe. And as always, fins up.